Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1015. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Keels and Wheels Concorde Elegance. It takes place on May 5th and 6th at the beautiful Lakewood Yacht Club in Seabrook, Texas. You can learn more about attending this spectacular event at keelsandwheels.com. The greatest thing in life is experience. Even mistakes have value. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Matt Anderson. Hey, Matt, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready to go. All right. Matt Anderson is the John and Horace Dodge Curator of Transportation at the Henry Ford in Dearborn, Michigan. He oversees the development, care, and interpretation of the museum's collection of nearly 300 motor vehicles. Matt also oversees the museum's collection of horse-drawn carriages, railroad locomotives, and rolling stock, as well as aircraft. Matt will take office as president of the National Association of Automobile Museums later this year. Congratulations for that. He's previously worked at the B&O Railroad Museum in Baltimore, Maryland, the Studebaker National Museum in South Bend, Indiana, and the Minnesota Historical Society in St. Paul, Minnesota. Matt is also a VIP judge at the Keels and Wheels Concord Elegance. It's coming up here in May. So, Matt, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little more about your career, hanging out with a lot of cool old stuff, and your passion for automobiles? Yeah, well, my interest has always been in uh, transportation history, and I went to school at Western Michigan University here in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and studied, really, railroad history. To I like to refer to that as kind of the gateway that got me into transportation history. Yeah. Started yeah. with that, and yeah, my first job, as you mentioned, was at a railroad museum out in Baltimore, then uh, worked at the Studebaker National Museum in South Bend, Indiana, where I kind of rekindled my love uh, for cars. It's just a fantastic collection they have at that museum, and a lot of fun, too, because, of course, Studebaker predates the automobile, so they've got a great collection of horse-drawn equipment even before you get to the first cars. And then, uh, yeah, over to St. Paul and then back home here to Michigan to work at the Henry Ford. So uh, quite a quite a bit of ping-ponging, but uh, fun along the way. Well, no doubt you learn a tremendous amount being at all these different museums and then getting to take care of everything from automobiles to horse-drawn carriages to trains and airplanes. I mean, talk about being well-rounded in transportation. This is so cool. We're going to learn a lot more about you as we continue on your amazing journey. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra, something that has a meaning for you. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Matt, take the wheel. Yeah. So maybe not surprising, but I've got a quote here from Henry Ford. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I'm shocked. (laughs) His uh, quote here, the greatest thing in life is experience. Even mistakes have value. I love that. Well, how have you incorporated that concept? And it's a great concept, by the way. I had a guest on the show not too long ago who said her goal is to fail 100 times a year, which is just incredible because her whole focus is to try new things that she doesn't know how to do and she knows she's going to stumble through them. But how have you incorporated that great quote by Henry Ford into what you do every day? 
Well, I, I try to remember that even when, when we make mistakes, there's a lesson to be learned from that. And sometimes it's difficult to, to find that lesson. You know, you want to move away from the mistake and uh, go on to the next thing, kind of put it behind you. But you don't learn anything that way. You have to go back, look at what you did, how you might do things better the next time. And then, yeah, you do find some value in that. and You realize that, that all is not lost. And next time comes around, you'll do an even better job. Well, it's it's something that everybody should teach their children growing up because so many times the focus is only on winning, winning, winning all the time and being perfect all the time. And I remember with my kids when they were little, when they get frustrated on a test, they'd miss some questions. I go, well, now you know what you don't know. So now you can learn that. That's a good thing. So not bad. I remember a great quote from Nikki Lauda, the F1 racer, who said, I learn more from the races I lose than the races I win. So I value those even more. I think it's a great way to go through life. Well, let's go back in time for you, Matt, and talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you think back to your youth, perhaps, when you knew that you were indeed a car guy or a transportation guy? Yeah, you know, as far as cars, I look back to uh, when I was 12 years old there in 1988. The movie comes out, uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola with Jeff Bridges, Tucker, the Man in His Dream. And I Ah. just absolutely love that movie. I love the story. I love the look of the car. But it was more the the story of the the person behind it, this one man with his vision that fights against all these obstacles to try and make it happen. And then, of course, at at the end of the day, he, he... he gets the car built, but doesn't succeed in, in the business. But just uh, that story really attracted me to it. And this realization that, yeah, the cars are fantastic, but there's always more to them. You know, you go a few layers deeper than that, and you can uncover some really, really fascinating stories. Yeah, fantastic. Have you been able to spend some time around it, Tucker? I have. It's funny, as a boy, you know, we used to come here down to the Henry Ford, uh, you know, maybe once every summer. I would always make a point whenever we visit the museum of seeing the museum's Tucker at least three times. The first thing I'd look at when we got here, then <laughs> look at it in the middle of the visit and then the last thing I'd see before we left. And uh, now I'm kind of spoiled. I get to go out there and see it every day. So it's a a real dream for me. Oh, absolutely. You know, our local museum here where I live in the Pacific Northwest is LeMay. And they have a tucker there. And years ago, a company I was formerly with, we borrowed it for a day for a photo shoot. And uh, they brought it over and we got to spend the whole day with that car and walking around, opening it up. And it just everything I looked at just was more and more amazing. It really got me intrigued and interested in Mr. Tucker. And I've actually had his great grandson on the show. Sean has been a guest here on the show. And of course, you probably aware of what Rob Ida, the builders working on right yeah, now with that yeah. Tucker torpedo. So amazing uh, ingenuity and forward thinking in so many respects. One always wonders, what if Tucker had succeeded in business? Where would Tucker be now? Would it still be here? What would it be? Would it be the future car of the future? Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And if he had succeeded, I wonder if others would have followed in his path and we'd have seen more independent automakers as well. Of course, they all kind of disappeared by the time the 50s were out with Studebaker's kind of a notable holdout another five, six years or so. But no, it's a great question and one that I'm afraid we'll we'll just never know the answer to, but always wonder about. Exactly. Well, we always have Elon Musk today, who's uh, the new pioneer of (laughs) new cars. So, uh, you know, it's uh, great to see him succeeding. There's a lot of naysayers and they pick on him all the time, but uh, I think that's always the case for pioneers. I'm sure Tucker got picked on quite a bit as well back in his day. Well, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've been down, Matt, and talk about a big challenge or a big failure, perhaps, something that really pushed you to the limits and, and taught you those valuable lessons we talked about earlier. So walk us through that and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum. You like the way I use that word with your passion for (laughs) transportation in your career and your business. 
Yeah, very well said. Uh, I, I will say one of the challenges that, that I face, and you know, you talk to anybody in the public history field that probably agree with this, is you know, just getting established in the field, landing that first job. For me, the, the secret throughout my career has been this uh, willingness to be flexible, to, to be able to move on, not get tied to any one geographic area, or maybe not necessarily tied to one kind of content area either. You know, I mentioned I'm always interested in transportation history, but I, I worked certainly at the Minnesota Historical Society, where that was just a small focus of what I was doing, but you know, you've always got to be thinking a few steps ahead. What can I do now that will improve my chances or my ability to get some kind of a different position later on down the road? So uh, that's the advice I always give to people who will call me up and say, you know, how do I get into museum work? What do I do? And I say, well, get out there, volunteer, establish yourself, get to learn the ropes of the museum field. And then, yeah, just be willing to to move around and, and do what, what it takes and uh, always be thinking farther down the road and, and what each step will do to get you closer to that ultimate goal. Uh, great advice for those listeners out there wanting to get, and it, it applies to any field, really. Anything you want to get involved in, take those principles that Matt has shared and apply them towards your efforts to get a position, land a position in the field that you're really passionate about. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's kind of a time when the headlights come on and illuminate a new path for you. And you've done so many pivots in your career. That's what's so great about talking with you. So tell us about that one big aha that stands out for you. Yeah, I think a big aha for me was when I was working at the Studebaker Museum. We hosted the uh, annual conference of the National Association for Automobile Museums. It was such a wonderful event to have all these curators, directors, guides, even volunteers from various car museums around the country come together and just talk about some of the challenges that they face. Because regardless of the museum size, we're all kind of facing the same issues. It's just maybe a matter of scale. We have concerns about how to care for the collections, of course, how to fundraise, how to keep visitors coming in with new and fresh exhibits without at the same time straining ourselves to the, the breaking point. So, you know, I think that was a breakthrough to realize that unlike in private business where you might think of yourself as a competitor, you know, Ford and Chevy are competitors and so forth. In the auto museum, we're really all working toward the same goal. We all come from it from just slightly different directions, and there's a real teamwork mentality behind it. So that's been a tremendous asset, and I've enjoyed those conferences every year since. Oh, absolutely. And I'll let our listeners know, I had the pleasure of meeting Matt at one of those NAM conferences. The LeMay Family Museum had me as a keynote speaker. I was honored to be able to get up and talk to the group, and that's when, Matt, you and I first met, and it was a marvelous group of people, wonderful exchange of ideas and things, and uh, I was just so happy to be there and get to talk to you guys and uh, enjoy some time and learn more about NAAM. Well, let's talk about your first really special car or device that you moved forward in. Maybe for you, it wasn't a car. Maybe it was a train or an airplane, but share that with us and tell us maybe a, a special memory you have about that vehicle. Yeah, I'll say the, the first really special vehicle that I remember having experience with, it, it was actually my dad's car, though later on I got to drive it after I got my license, but it was a, a 1986 Pontiac 6000 STE, which if oh. I... Yeah, if anybody remembers those cars, they were, I might call it the poor man's BMW, but, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, tricked out with every accessory you could hope for. It had a, a V6 engine, 135 horsepower, which doesn't sound like much today, but it was a lot there in the mid 80s. Yeah. It had, yeah. you know, power everything the seats, the sunroof, the, the trunk. It had, uh, steering wheel buttons for the radio, which, of course, now even the most modest compact has that. But in 1986, this thing looked like Kit from Knight Rider. <laughs> just, just fantastic. <laughs> and I, to this day, I can still hear the, the exhaust note coming out of that dual exhaust as uh, my dad would drive off to work in the mornings. And that's really a very fond memory. I loved that car. 
Yeah, very unique car for sure. And and again, kind of innovative in some of those little things that today we take for granted. Uh, do you go back? I remember getting in an older car with a little kid not too long ago, and he said, what's this? And I said, well, that's how you roll the window up. You know, it had an old window crank. He's like, whoa, he thought it was the coolest thing that you actually got to physically move your arm and raise the window up and down. I was just kind of chuckling thinking, yeah, you know how we take it for granted, all these luxuries we have nowadays in cars. Absolutely. Kind of reverting back. Well, how about sellers from Morris? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you really wish you had back? Well, I tell you, I uh, I wish I, it was nothing special, but I wish I had my first car. It was a 1987 Plymouth Horizon that I drove around, and uh, <laughs> boy, I drove that thing until it, it fell apart, which uh, it did, unfortunately, but I do have to this day uh, on my desk here, I, I took the gear shaft knob off of that car before we uh, got rid of it for the last time, and I keep that here, and every now and then I pick it up, toy with it, and just remember what it was like to you know slide through those uh, that five-speed gearbox when I was first learning to drive and work my way around manual transmission. So yeah, a lot of fond memories. I think we're we're all kind of attached to our first car, however modest it might have been. You know, it's funny you mention that because just this past weekend, I was going through some old boxes and I found the shift knob on my 67 Carmen Ghia that I had when I was in high school. And sadly, when I sold that car in college, the young woman who bought it was hit by a drunk driver and the car was completely destroyed. Mm. And I went to the junkyard and took some parts off of it just kind of as a memory and that shift knob. So as you're telling me this, I'm going, oh, yeah, I just found that shift knob. This weekend off my Carmen Ghia, because uh, I had replaced it with a Porsche because it was my poor man's Porsche. Right, right. <laughs> Just Yeah. So uh, I had kept the original one as well. So uh, yeah, fond memories. I always keep one part off of every car I sell. And I probably shouldn't say that publicly because now everyone who's bought a car from me is going to start looking for the missing piece. <laughs> but uh, it's nothing that crucial. Like I don't take the brake calipers or anything like that. Yeah, so very cool. Well, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about your museum's involvement with Keels and Wheels Concorde Elegance, because this is such a spectacular event. And I know that you get to go down there and be a VIP judge, which is super cool. I remind our listeners that it takes place on May 5th and 6th at the beautiful Lakewood Yacht Club in Seabrook, Texas, a spectacular location. So uh, that must be hard business duty for you to go down there and have to do this. I'm sure your coworkers are going, oh, we feel so bad for you have to go into this business trip. But tell us your impressions and your involvement with this wonderful event. Yeah, well, when I started here now about six years ago, uh, Bob Fuller, who runs the show down there, uh, yep. gave me a call, invited me to come on down and, and be a VIP judge. Of course, I, I couldn't believe that he would consider me a VIP. I still think he's kind of stretching <laughs> the, the definition there. But no, it was my absolute pleasure to go down there. I knew it was going to be great just thinking, you know, boats and cars together. You don't see that very often. But uh, right. boy, when I got down there, I just fell in love with the event. First of all, the Yacht Club where he hosted is absolutely gorgeous right there on the water, just uh, just off the Gulf of Mexico and Clear Lake there. The collection of cars he brings together is absolutely beautiful. There are always more than 150 vehicles out there in this beautiful setting. And then the boats beyond that, another 60 or 70 boats, uh, beautiful old wooden crisscrafts, just absolutely gorgeous uh, setting, gorgeous show, and always very well run. And, and what I love about Keels and Wheels in addition to the boats and cars, is that he does it over two days. You know, you go to a lot of these shows, it's just Sunday and, and you're done, whereas Bob gives you time to, to look at both of those cars. So when I'm judging, you know, I don't have to kind of cram it all into the morning and then kind of run around to see what I can. I do have time to go off and explore and uh, soak up the show. So I really appreciate that as well. It's just a beautiful event. Yeah, absolutely. And tell us a little bit about what you have planned this year at the Henry Ford. Some of the great things that visitors who are planning maybe a spring visit or a summer visit to this spectacular museum. And if you've never been there, this is a bucket list museum to attend if you love transportation. 
I mean, it's just a world within itself. So tell us some of the things people might look forward to seeing that are maybe new or different at the at the museum currently. Yeah, we are getting ready for our two big car shows that we host here over the summer. We do first on Father's Day weekend in June, what we call our Motor Muster, which is where we bring together about 500 cars from 1933 right on up through 1977. And then uh, come later in September, the weekend after Labor Day, we do our Old Car Festival, where we do anything from the 1890s right up to 1932. And again, we get about 500, 600 cars for that. Did you say 500 and 600 cars? Oh my gosh, that's (laughs) incredible. It's fantastic. They fill up our entire uh, Greenfield Village campus out there. People who've been here before know we have 83 different historic buildings that Henry Ford collected and brought together in this sort of village setting. But uh, I think two things that really make our shows special are, one, that historic setting where you have your cars immersed in these early buildings, but then also the fact that we encourage our drivers to drive their cars. They don't just go park on the golf course there for the day. You'll see them moving around, which is a lot of fun at Motor Muster, even more fun at Old Car Festival where you see a lot of the early cars, even some electric, some steam power powered vehicles all underway. So it's a very kinetic, excuse me, it's a very kinetic moving uh, experience and moving in more ways than one, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah, there are great use of words there, Matt. I like that. Very cool. And what's the best way for people if they want to go and uh, learn more about the museum? What's your website? Yeah, absolutely. Just go to thehenryford.org. That's all one word, thehenryford.org, and all the details are there. Plan to take a little time when you're at that website because there's a lot to look at. It is very, very cool. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Matt. If you were a vehicle, what would Matt be and why? Yes, I have to say, that's a question I've been pondering here for, for several days now, trying to <laughs> well, think good. about it. And, and I, I love how you phrase it, too. You know, you want to know not what car we would want to be. I'm sure we all have ideas of what car we would oh, yeah. but what we really yeah. are. And, you know, I, I, I come down to it, and I'm going to go with, uh, of all things, the Buick LaCrosse, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Now, why a LaCrosse? You're the first LaCrosse here on Cars Out, which is saying something after 1,015 <laughs> people on the show. I'm trying to be honest, but you know, I thought uh, I thought about that car because you know I I don't think of myself as a Cadillac, right? I'm not at the top of the line, but I like to think I'm a little above average or willing to go uh, go the extra mile, like Buick. I'm also not particularly outspoken or particularly, uh, shall we say, um, out there or flamboyant, <laughs> right? Right. I, and and I'm a quiet fellow too, like the Lacrosse, a quiet car. And but you know, you look okay. at the reviews. The Lacrosse is always one of those that kind of sits there, getting strong reviews from car and driver, motor trends, so forth. You know, it's dependable. It's it's nothing too extreme, nothing too showy, but by gosh, it gets the job done and uh, people like it. (laughs) I like that. Well, I appreciate you putting some thought to that question. That's a great answer. So, Matt, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Car Show sponsors. Hey, this is Mark Green. You know, I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month, I'm offering you, as a Cars Yow listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018, through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSYAP on checkout at Covercraft.com. NOAA is the most popular outdoor fabric specially made by Kimberly Clark to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. 
Wolf Ready Fit semi-custom covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later, and your car will thank me too. That's Covercraft.com, and be sure to use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Matt, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, you know, I'm no Mr. Goodwrench, but I do like to do a little bit of work on my cars. And uh, the best advice I ever received on that was just don't be afraid to try it. Sometimes it's just uh, undoing that first screw or that first bolt that's the hardest thing to do. Once you get in there and realize that you're not going to break anything, uh, everything after that is gravy. I love it. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years? Yeah, I think my willingness just to do whatever it takes to get the job done, whether that's personally being flexible, moving around and so forth, or just getting in the trenches on the front line, helping out someone with a project that's for the greater good of the museum, even if it's not in my quote-unquote job description. Just being able to do that and uh, get the job done has helped me a lot over the years. Well, it goes back to the words that you shared earlier about how to be successful in aha moments and so forth. Yeah, be willing to try lots of different things. Be willing to step forward. Offer your help, even if it isn't your job, quote unquote. Hate that when people, that's not my job. (laughs) It's just terrible. So yeah, be a team player. Now, how about a resource? There's awesome resources. And of course, the Henry Ford is an incredible resource. But is there one you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, uh, one of my favorite pages is the Internet Movie Car Database, of all things. Oh, that's a cool place, yeah. It's fantastic. I get lost there sometimes for hours at a time, but you learn so much about the cars, and uh, it's so much easier to kind of place them with movies, you know, whether they're iconic lead cars in a movie or even just those cars you catch for a few seconds in the background. I I love going to that again and again. Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of friends I've shared that with, they didn't even know that it existed, so I'll make sure I put a link on Matt's show notes page on Cars, yeah. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would that be? Well, surprise, I guess I would have to say Henry Ford, but uh, yeah. not not for maybe the obvious reasons. Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be to ask him about you know, his own experiences in the business or even about what he thought about cars today. But, you know, he, of course, started this museum and collected a lot of our early artifacts. And I've got some questions about some of those things he collected. The, the <laughs> records aren't the best, so I'd love to ask him, you know, when did you get this? Why did you get this? So on and so forth. So it would yeah. uh, it would be a working lunch for sure. Oh, for sure. And I can only imagine all the things that he acquired over his lifetime. 
how hard it would be to stop and take a note as busy as I'm sure he was and go, oh, let me put a note on here for the guy, for Matt, you know, <laughs> decades later so that he'll know. Maybe it'd be better not to put a note so Matt has to work a little extra hard <laughs> to figure it out. Maybe he was pulling on you a little bit. I love it. Well, how about a book? Is there a book that you've enjoyed that you think our listeners should read? Yeah, people ask me what, what a great car book is or somebody to get started with. I always recommend Engines of Change by Paul Ingrassia, where he uh, looks uh, at yeah. 15 different cars and uh, tells the story of the American dream. It's a great selection of cars, everything from the Corvette to the Toyota Prius. And uh, it really sets the cars in kind of a social or popular history context. And that's, I think, what, what museums have to be doing. You know, They have to look at the cars and everything about them, but then give a broader context for visitors as well to see where they fit in and uh, how they were formed by society at a given time and then how the cars change society, too. It is amazing how cars have changed society and their effect on society, and especially in the United States because of transportation here and how large the country is. But I'm glad you recommended that book. It's a great one. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these awesome resources that Matt has shared on his Cars yeah! show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Matt Anderson, and that page will pop right up. And there's another place on the website called Guest Recommended Books. Well, there's over a thousand cool automotive and business related books listed there under all my guest pages. So uh, check it out on the Cars Yeah! Resources tab. All right, Matt, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world today. Doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter what it costs, because I'm taking care of things for you. But it's the only one you can have in your garage. You've got to drive it and enjoy it. So what's it going to be? All right, I'm going to throw you for a loop here. You might think I would go with the Tucker 48, but in, in fact, I won't. In talking with a lot of uh, car guys, car gals over the years, you know, it seems a lot of us are drawn to one car from our, our youth, maybe our early teenage years that we always loved yeah. and kind of lusted after. And for me, it's got to be the, the original ZR1, the 1990, the C4 Corvette ZR1 with that 375 horsepower engine and those square taillights were just so cool at that time, you know, when every other Corvette <laughs> had the round lights. That yeah. is the car I always wanted as a boy and boy, that's what I'd love to put in my garage right now. And, and they're out there. And I think they're kind of a good deal right now, too. So inevitably, it'll become the car that, that got away from me. Everybody's got that story, too. You know, I could have bought oh, that yeah. car for only this much, and now it's worth all this. But uh, I love yeah, that Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. This is probably a good time to go find one of those. Well, what color would you like so I get you the right color? Oh, it's got to be red with the black interior. No other way. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Very nice. Well, I like it. Well, Matt, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed learning more about you and your involvement with this incredible event coming up, Keels and Wheels Concours. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars yeah! audience. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that 1990 C4 ZR1 Corvette? That's right. There's a great bit of advice I love, and it comes from, of all people, Davy Crockett. His old uh, motto, be always sure you're right, then go ahead. I like it. I like it. You're sharing some great ones with us today. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and the Henry Ford? You can visit our website at thehenryford.org. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you'll find all these great links on Matt's show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Matt Anderson. That page will pop up. And be sure to try to attend the Keels and Wheels Concord Elegance that takes place May 5th and 6th at the spectacular Lakewood Yacht Club. And when you see Matt walking around, Tell him you heard him on Cars Yeah. He'll be the guy drooling all over other cars and the boats there and anything that moves. Matt, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure.
Thank you. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.